come down here a second because I have some show and tell items of sorts. Feels a little bit strange to be putting these on with my coat, or well, tie on anyway. But uh, yep, come on up and have a seat. Actually, why don't you guys go over there this time? And I've got one of these, which is a rock, of course. And then I've got this brick sort of thing. And I wondered if you guys, what's the difference actually between these things? What do you think? This one has holes in it. Yep. But actually, let me give you kind of a hint at what I'm trying to get after here. Um, if I go out in the field and find rocks, are these going to be a lot alike or are they going to mostly be different from each other? Yeah, they're going to be. There you go. These are going to be different, but the brick, all of these things are going to be similar to one another, right? Now, now actually, you know, Jesus, he was a carpenter, right? Did, did you know that from the Bible? So he gives a, a couple of metaphors, that is, stories about how, um, well, they kind of relate building to his ministry, right? And one of the things that um, I want to talk about with the older people today, the big people, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> um, is that uh, the Bible actually calls us to be more like stones. It says that God forms us as stones. See, the stone, each stone is different from each person. Each stone is different from each other stone. And as people, we're different from one another. We're not to be like bricks, okay? But here's what I think Jesus is trying to get at. Each of us has our own unique experiences that have shaped us and our own unique nooks and desires and way that we fit in is just special in God's plan. But what we tend to want to do instead is be more like our friends, more like other people, kind of try and go with the crowd. Even in our country today, when we hear about all this individuality, you know, and how you can be what you want to be, we tend to still lump those groups into kind of brick-like groups and say, well, people that are, you know, this way, then we make assumptions that the rest of them is also this, 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 and the other thing, more like a brick. But the message here is kind of like this. Be happy that you're a stone, okay? Be happy that your experiences, even the hard ones, they're different than other people's, but God is shaping you for a special purpose. What do you think? That's kind of a hard one sometimes because, you know, this guy over here has something that we want, right? You know, or his life looks nice and smooth and mine has this big rough rump, lump in the middle, right? All right. Let me have at it with the the big people here, and see if I can make some more sense here. How's that? Thank you, guys. <laughs> so, actually, 
Um, I have a show and tell item for the big people too, and uh, actually two of them as well. These things, right? So Jesus, of course, was a carpenter before he was a minister or before he began his, his preaching. And he uses carpentry to give analogies kind of like the one that I gave to the kids this morning. And uh, actually, if you've ever built something, you'll be able to relate to my story. You know, I saw my dad remodel our house when I was a kid, and I just came to believe that the more nails I hammered into something, the stronger it was going to be. So my friends and I went to the local dump and pulled out plywood and old two-by-fours and built ourselves a fort, and we made sure we hammered a lot of nails into that thing. But I was astonished that when the first wind came along, it actually tumbled my fort. So um, apparently it didn't have a lot to do with the nails. It has more to do with the foundation that we build on, right? And this is Jesus' analogy too. Um, Jesus, you see, is the chief cornerstone laid in Zion, referred to by Peter and the, and the Psalms. Um, he's to be our foundation. But, you know, more than that, I want to talk a little bit about the cornerstone, and that's kind of why I brought these things here. See, the cornerstone, if you've ever, you know, I, I mean, I tend to think of larger buildings when I think of cornerstones. I don't really think that my house has a cornerstone, for example, but something like the Capitol or a fine structure does, right? Um, the purpose of the cornerstone in the foundation is to have a basis from which to build. It's important that the cornerstone is true. Uh, so now true is, you know, level, and actually got to turn it this way, plumb and square at the same time. So that makes the cornerstone a guide stone then from which the rest of the building can be built. Um, and even if you haven't built a giant building, if you've ever built even your own house, you'll know that the carpenters come out and, and they pick a point somewhere, a reference point. And from that point, they measure level and true square. Um, that's kind of the role of the cornerstone. That's what Jesus is getting at. Our faith is to be that cornerstone. And right angles, by the way, are very important with this. Um, when we build, you know, if, if we build and we're not plumb, you know, imagine this a second, you know, the strength of the stud in the wall is that it is absolutely plumb. It's true. It's 90 degrees. If those studs lean a little to one side or the other, the weight of the floor above or roof will cause them to collapse. So getting the foundation right is very important. You see, the foundation that Christ wants us to build is for stability in our thought life. It's to be a guide stone, kind of like a compass to point us in the right direction. 
It's for surety, for security in the storm so that you can know because you can be sure that all that can be shaken will be shaken. Our Bible tells us so. But when that happens, you can withstand it. Your faith will stand. And it will see you through those times. Add to this list, Jesus also refers to himself as a rock of salvation or the basis upon which our salvation is certain. You see, the Bible is using another metaphor here, and it is the rock. You know, and and Christ says he's going to build his church upon this rock. Now, I know that this has been somewhat of a controversial thing over the years. But the rock that Jesus is talking about is himself. It's not Peter, Um, although Peter figures into that story. And Peter's name, in fact, means rock. But what, what makes Peter a rock is the stability of his faith. He is hearing from God. He understands from God who Jesus is. And just in knowing that, he's got a foundation to build on. That's the rock that Jesus is building his church on. And so, you know, we are to purpose our lives in a way that Jesus becomes our foundation so that when the storms come, we can get through. You know, and by the way, those storms, are they worth it? The trials, you know, going back to my rock here a minute, don't we all tend to want to be like the next guy? Oh, you know, the next guy isn't going through this storm. I wish I were in his position. He's not dealing with cancer. He's not dealing with the financial troubles I have or whatever the problem may be. But those trials, they serve to shape us to the person that God needs us to be for his purpose. Can we trust that? Is the pain really worth it? You know, and I think that the answer is that when we've gone through those, that the next time around or the next step down the line, we know we can weather it. I I spent 20 years in business for myself. I don't know how I'd have done that. I don't know how I'd have trusted to walk away from a paying job and, and count on myself and fortune and really what I was counting on is God to provide. I couldn't have done it if I didn't know that he would from previous experience. So, you know, another analogy to that might be kind of like the sports trainer here. You know, Kevin and Fallon, you guys get this. I mean, if you're going to go out and compete, you need to stretch before you do this. you've, You've actually brought somebody into your life to kind of torment you in a way you know, to make you stronger, right? Uh, I mean, but there's a purpose behind it. And and our faith is similar to that. Our, Our faith needs stretching. 
And it's upon that rock, this rock of faith, that Christ built his church. It says that, or the Bible says that, you know, we are kind of a unique blend of our experiences, our desires, our loves, the things in our heart, you know, and our temperament and what the world needs. We are living stones, Peter said in the reading that we that, that Jack read for us earlier. And, and I kind of imagine this, you know, imagine trying, I mean, it's hard enough to build a building out of stone, but imagine that you're trying to build it out of living stones and they run away, you're not using me there, I don't want to be next to that guy. I want to be higher up in the building. Don't put me down here. Oh, what is that, a chisel? You know, I mean, <clears throat> can you imagine what it would be like building a building with living stones. And yet that's us. Our, our different rough edges and our different shapes of, you know, how we've been shaped by experience. These all figure into how God uses us in his grander plan. So we are unique and we are to offer up Spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, this kind of fits in this way, I think. What is a spiritual sacrifice? Actually, a spiritual sacrifice is sacrificing myself, my desire, my right, maybe, my pride, my offense, certainly. Lay that at God's feet instead of carrying it with me. And so this shapes these living stones into people that fit kind of the characteristics described also in, in Peter. A loving people, people that care and concerned about others. You know, anyway, the problem is if we don't make Jesus our cornerstone, if we don't select him, choose him, make him precious, he becomes a stumbling block. And I want to make sure I'm clear on this. You know, the word for stumbling block here, what we've translated as stumbling block is rock of offense. And the concept that Peter is getting at here isn't sort of like, oops, I tripped, but rather it's willful stumbling. I fell because I intentionally wasn't careful. Rather more even than that. Jesus becomes a rock of offense to those who refuse to believe the gospel message. Why would anyone not want to embrace this message, a message of grace and free salvation available to all. Well, we don't because, I mean, you, you would think we would. I mean, we all want free stuff. At least that's the way it seems when the politicians speak. But, you know, at the end, of course, Jesus isn't what so many people want. He wasn't what the 
the Jews wanted in his day? Um, Why did they reject Jesus? Well, he didn't throw off Rome and liberate Israel. So, you know, at the core, all of these things that we're supposed to spiritually sacrifice, we would rather hold on to those than make Christ our cornerstone. And that's how this becomes a stumbling block. So, do we today do this? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think if we're honest with ourselves, each of us can find areas in our lives where we've likely stumbled because we've held on to offense or our pride was stepped on somehow or we believe that we have a right. You know, part of the problem with being a living stone is that our experiences are different from everyone else's. And we tend to look out at other people and think, you know, why don't you just do it? You know, be reasonable. Do it my way. You know, well, my way isn't right in their lives. Or we look out and we, we see that, so, you know, your sin was X, but mine is Y. I don't know how you could be so dumb as to do X. Well, you know, aren't we still both sinners in this case? So, how do we handle all of these things that we're supposed to sacrifice, these spiritual sacrifices? I mean, I think at the core of this are two main issues, pride and offense. I think that is the message Uh, that Jesus delivers. And, you know, we should really be concerned about the latter here, about offense, because don't we, didn't we just earlier pray, Father, forgive me my sins in the same manner that I forgive those that sin against me. I think that's right at the core of what Jesus is saying here. So, if we cannot forgive others, neither can we forgive ourselves when we make mistakes. And certainly then, we're not very lenient with God when God doesn't seem to be working the way we think he ought to. I think these things or what Jesus is talking about. So, in the coming weeks, I want to zero in a little bit more on on offense and talk about that and how that's 